Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I'll admit it, I'm a total sucker for a velvet-voiced, French-speaking, queen of the Austin singer-songwriters, one who creates some of the best folk Americana music around, and that's exactly who we have here today for Song of the Soul in the person of Erin Ivey. Erin is also generous with her talents, acting as a songwriting mentor with low-income and underserved youth through Songrise Arts and Grammy U. Get ready to meet a rich talent, a source of joy, and a genuinely beautiful person as Erin Ivey joins us via Zoom from Austin, Texas. Erin, thank you so very, very much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. How long have you been in Austin? 21 years. So that's like half your life. Yeah. Wow. It is. It's time to move. So what is the music scene like in Austin? I think it's got to be pretty good because Austin City Limits, uh, we know that there's music there and having listened to your music and knowing that you're the queen of music there in Austin. I mean, huh. I, you have a quote saying it, so I think that makes it official. Where's your crown? I ask myself that every day, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Where is that darn thing? I'm sure it's in the mail. <laughs> the Austin scene is great. The thing that I love about it the most is how cooperative it is, how people support each other all throughout all of the different disciplines, but especially the musicians. We really step up for each other. We participate in each other's work. We help to spread the word about different projects that are being worked on here. And there's just a great sense of community pride and helpfulness and this sense that if you can help, you'll help. Like that's, it's just wonderful. It's a really strong community, especially nowadays. We're all for each other. So Austin is a big place. I mean, Eau Claire, where I live, is maybe 70,000 people. So it's tiny in comparison. But I still imagine that there's some places where they share music that are particularly in your celestial heavens, the places that you consider first rate, the places where your heart sings. What are they? So many come to mind, and there have been so many that have shut down over the past year that I will sadly miss, like Threadgills, and the ones that I believe are still open are, well, one of them is called the Cactus Cafe at the University of Texas in their student union building. There's this beautiful little cocoon of a theater where the sound is just great, and it's, it's like going and getting a big hug. It's so intimate. And you're just right there. Everybody's just right there with each other. And it's a small little stage, but there's great juju. You know, so many wonderful people have played that stage for years and years and years. It's just, it's got a great vibe to it. 
it's a pleasure and honor to play that stage ever. And there's another place called the Long Center, which has this little black box theater underneath it called the Rollins Theater at the Long Center, which is also just a really wonderful space for exploration. And I've done shows there in a number of configurations. I love that space because you can do in the round you can set it up to be a stadium seating concert venue. It's just whatever you can imagine. I mean, I've even done a show where I had dancers from Blue Lapis Light crawling up to the ceiling on silks and dancing <laughs> in the air above the audience. I mean, truly, if you can dream it, they can do it there. It's awesome. Those are a couple... There are many great places to play in Austin, but what I truly enjoy is an intimate theater space with really great acoustics. Or if there's a random cave or overpass that has really good natural reverb, I will also spend time singing there. A cave. Are there such caves around where you live? You know, there are. And I've even heard of a couple of them that host music. So that's one of the places I would really like to explore. I think it's kind of under the radar. So I'll have to do a little digging. A cave that's under the radar. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, Lisa Gray connected me up with you. And I hadn't known about you previously. So this past week, I've just been learning about who Aaron Ivey is. How long have you been doing music? I mean, I know your first release was back in 2007, but I don't think that's when you started doing music. Well, I was in musical theater when I was a kid and I loved it. Did that all throughout elementary school and middle school and high school. And then when I got to college, I started writing songs with the guitar just to help get through life. <laughs> and uh, it really wasn't until that first album when I started really taking it seriously. Red Bull sponsored this program called the Red Bull Music Lab. And I was one of 10 people chosen from the Southwest. And I was the only woman there to learn Logic and Reason, which are electronic music software. <laughs> so that was a cool experience because for an entire week, we were just living in a hotel learning about how to make our own demos like at home. And so from that point on, I was just cranking out demos. And then when I made that first album, I figured, I, I don't know what I figured, but I was like, all right, well, it's, it's time to get another job. I figured I would just get a, a regular straight job again, but I was having such a great time performing and selling these CDs out of my car. And it just, it seemed to be working. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'll just keep doing this for as long as I can. And I've gone in and out of jobs, straight jobs throughout the years. And that just kind of seems to be the way, like, I just want to do it another day. I just want to keep working on cool projects and keep being able to sing and make music and work with people and talk with people for whom music is a huge part of their life and creativity. And so one foot in front of the other. You've just released your latest CD, Solace in the Wild. And I noticed that the last one you released before that was six years ago. Were you working really hard at straight jobs in between or was there something else going on? I was working really hard at straight jobs in between, carving out as much time as I could to write 
And actually, these songs were written mostly between 2014 and 2016, and it just took this long to eke out the project. And I had a wonderful producer, Chuck Pinnell, who is so patient and kind and made space for that time that I had to take off to work. He was just there with me every step of the way, and he co-wrote a couple of the songs with me and just did a beautiful job of shepherding the project forward, even when maybe I wasn't completely available. And I think that probably served the project better because I can be a little bit of a control freak. You can be a control freak. That does not come through in your personality. Is that a shock? (laughs) It it is a shock. Actually, it is. It is. Actually, the impression I have of you, and you can insult me for saying this, is you strike me as an open-hearted, fresh-faced, the dearest friend that a person could have. That's what you strike me as, just having talked to you now for maybe an hour. Oh, well, you're going to make me cry, Mark. And I would never <laughs> insult you on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up in a working class family, and so I learned that insulting is okay. I'm a guy, you know, and we're supposed to, you know. I think that in order to reward our listeners for putting up with whatever blather I toss into this, that we should go into some of your music. Let's share some of Aaron Ivey's music. Well, gosh, we've been talking about Solace in the Wild, which is the new album. So maybe we should start with Lost Girl, which is a co-write between me and the producer and wonderful guitar player Chuck Pinnell. And Lost Girl, I just described you as fresh-faced, the friend that everyone would wish to have. Lost Girl, is that part of you? I have a hard time imagining you as the Lost Girl, but I, I, again, I'm just getting to know you. The thing that's so cool about this song is that the title was given to me by Chuck. Chuck brought the music, the guitar part, and he said, I've been thinking of a title. What do you think about Lost Girl? And immediately I was flooded with this image of a young woman floating in Hamilton Pool, which is an ancient watering hole here in central Texas that was made from a collapsed cave thousands of years ago. And now it's filled with water and it's just a beautiful spot to go and float and it can hold all of whatever it is that you bring to it. And so I imagined this young woman suspended between worlds, grappling with both feeling that she is lost and stating, I am not a lost girl. The song for me is her story, but I think I think it would be hard to completely extract ourselves and our soul's imprint from the music that we write and make. And sometimes it's not very clear which part is us and which part is not. And over the course of time, songs reveal themselves to be maybe even different than we as the writers thought they were. The song is Lost Girl by Aaron Ivey, co-written with Chuck Pinnell, and it's on her newly released album, Solace in the Wild. Here is Lost Girl. Tracing fingers on the glass Let it come and watch it pass Solace in the wild When everything's on fire Tracing fingers on the glass 
sky of blue and silver hue Swimming in the arc of few From the bottom of the world I am not a lost girl
I count myself so fortunate to have Erin Ivy here today for Song of the Soul. Her website is erinivy.com. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org, along with all of our guests the last 15 years. And that was her song, co-written with Chuck Pinnell, her producer. It's Lost Girl, and it's on Solace in the Wild. Solace. Now, there is a $24 word, or 25 I don't know. I, I'm not sure how these things are valued these days. It probably has to be a couple million dollars these, these days. Solace. How do you relate to solace? I think in order to have solace, you need to have a heavy heart, an uneasy heart. And I know there's a special nurture that happens in the wild. I live in the wild. The woods is outside my house. You're in Austin, Texas. Where do you get your solace? You're asking the million-dollar question. Truly, that is the question of the album. So we should just listen to the album, and then we'll get the answer. (laughs) Okay, that's good. (laughs) Well, and I think it's important for us to ponder that and seek it. And I love your idea of the opposite being true. You know, in order to have solace or seek or need or find solace, there must also be possibly some opposite tension between the two. And that is just true of life. And we all have our wild and the tension between what wild means too. solace in the wild could be, well, the lyric in that song that we just heard is there is solace in the wild when everything's on fire. And I really literally, I I saw a literal fire around the girl in this song. And yet she's floating in a pool and she's safe from it. And so in a way, the wild can be scary. But also, as you point out, you live in the woods and the wild can be nourishing and fulfilling. And so the wild is all of the things and the solace is all of the things. You can't really have one without the other. Where's your heart's home? Where do you feel most safe? You know, Aaron Ivy is completely wrapped up and held in, in that nurture and care and safety. Where's that for you? Northern Michigan which I imagine has a lot in common with where you are in Wisconsin, as far as being in the woods and clean water and fresh air, time and space to meander and get lost and find new mushrooms to try and not eat. Let's go on to some more of Aaron Ivey's music. What should we share next? Well, since we're talking about traveling, let's do Pierre Latour. Oh, Pierre Latour. Oui, oui. And I've been told that Willa Cather's book, Death Comes for the Archbishop, is part of the inspiration, but I haven't read it, so fill me in. It's all of the inspiration. I was actually staying out in Colorado to perform at Red Rocks, which was an amazing experience. And altitude sickness is a real thing, I have (laughs) discovered. So I've got that experience under my belt as well. People with whom I was staying had this book. Death Comes for the Archbishop, and it's one of the few books that I just have picked up and read simply because I loved the lyricism of the title. And I loved the lyricism of Willa Cather's writing. And she was writing about a priest named Jean Latour, who traveled throughout Texas, Colorado, New Mexico territory, ministering to people everywhere, all kinds of people, whomever he ran into, he would minister to them in however he could. He's actually responsible for building the cathedral in Santa Fe. He never saw it finished, but he at least got it started. His name is really Lamy, and she changed it to Latour. And then I don't know how, when I was writing the song, I just got it wrong. Pierre is is how I referred to him, and so we, we have this like evolution of the name, but I was struck by his commitment 
to his congregants who were really most of them probably strangers but he just took he just kept going out he kept going out he kept going out to be there for people and even if it was only to say in prayer you are not alone i will be praying with you and know that as i travel i will be there with you praying for you and you know he performed weddings and funerals and christenings and things like that and and this was in a time when i believe it was probably the mid 1800s so he was just on horseback and the song opens with a true story which is about a couple of cowboys who hadn't heard from my Pierre Latour for a long time, this um, Reverend Lamy. So they went out to find him. And what they found was his bones under a tree with $18 in silver coins and holy oil. What a lead-in to the song Pierre Latour by Erin Ivey. It's from her 2011 release, Broken Gold. Here's Pierre Latour.
Erin Ivey has now given me another book I need to read. (laughs) It's just beautiful, Mark. I think you'll enjoy it. It was the inspiration for The Substance of Pierre Latour, the song from Broken Gold 2011. Erin Ivey's website is erinivey.com. Ivey is I-V-E-Y. Don't leave out that other E. Any question on spelling, come via northernspiritradio.org. And on our site, we have all of our guests of the last 15 years. So you'll find, of course, Aaron and all of these other fine folks and the song lists that we've included and the stations, the 42-some stations across the nation that carry our programs and much more on northernspiritradio.org. Also, there's a donate button, which is a very good way to help make sure that this project continues beyond this 15 years. So click on donate when you come. Even more so, I ask that you support the local community radio stations who carry these kinds of programs. The local music, the local news that you get from community radio stations, which are not part of these large conglomerates across the country, you get a flavor of news music that you get nowhere else. And I was going to ask you, Aaron, there's a number of wonderful stations there in Austin, I know, and some of them are part of something bigger and some of them are local. What can you tell us about the local stuff? We are so lucky to have such a rich local radio presence here in Austin. So supportive, really diverse. There's co-op radio, there's KVRX, there's Sun Radio, and then out of the University of Texas, there's KUT and KUTX. I mean, it's just, there's all sorts of shows to choose from, interview shows and local political shows. And I've just played so many wonderful programs over the years. And it's it continues to evolve with the times, but also really stay connected to what's happening on the ground here. And, you know, as things shift and change, it's really a source of comfort to know that even though it's from home now, instead of from the studio, that these people who are making radio for us locally are still there, still doing their programs and just carrying on. It's it's a real comfort. So we just listened to Pierre Latour. As you know, both you and I can pronounce correctly that name. One of the great videos I saw of you is you walking outside of a studio somewhere. There's music going on in the background and you're carrying your guitar and you sit down and you play chocolat or chocolate (laughs) or however you pronounce it, which, of course, has a French in it. Right. You know, it's it's French, Mm -hmm. uh, which just you wowed me. So you've got a devoted fan. Here you are. Well, let's step into a space of some more music of Aaron Ivey so we don't have to cut anything short. What's next? I believe we should probably dive into another cut from Solace in the Wild, which is my new album. And this one is in French. It is called Ça ira, si vous voulez. You better translate that for our listeners because you don't say this one in English. It's all in French, right? It is. And And this is a prayer for blessings upon us that God would hold us and give us strength. So, Saïra is a cry that has been familiar throughout French history, and I just borrowed it for my prayer. It's everything's going to be fine. It will be okay. It will be okay. It will be okay. The second part of the title is Si vous voulez, which is really addressing God. If you want to, you can hold us when everything is going crazy around us. So it's a prayer to be held and comforted. Sayura, it's going to be okay.
Ivy is our guest. The song is Sa Ira, also known as Si Vous Voulez. And Sa Ira is the future tense of <laughs> when you say to someone, how are you doing? You frequently say, Sa Va, it goes, that goes. And Sa Ira is future tense, that will go, that will be all right, it will be good. That's what that song is praying for and wishing upon us. That gift again comes via Erin Ivy. Her website is erinivy.com, E-R-I-N-I-V-E-Y.com. Spelling questions come by nordenspiritradio.org and you'll find all that you need. You can listen to this program over and over and over again on our website, along with all the other folks that we have had of guests over this past 15 years. And that's from Solace in the Wild. Again, you've just released it. It's been long in coming because it's been six years since her last release, but you can find all of her other recordings. You can connect up via AaronIvy.com, The 11th Floor and Broken Gold and Sweet Little EP and Dreamy Weather and Whisper of the Moon and now Solace in the Wild. Solace in a difficult time. How has COVID been for you? 
a roller coaster. Here in this household, we have been healthy, and we're very grateful for that. We've been careful and doing what we can to protect ourselves and others, our neighbors. We have wonderful neighbors and wonderful community, so we've all sort of circled the wagons however we can and continue to keep in touch over Zoom calls and phone calls and the occasional masked, distanced yard hang. We're lucky in Austin to have really mild winters, so we can continue doing things outside probably longer than others more north of us, but it's been a really weird time. Um, But all things considered, it's also been wonderful. It's been really great to have a project like this album to work on while all of this is happening. It's just been such a gift. I have some friends who have lost their work and don't have anything to do. And there's just an aimless feeling that they're battling every day. Whereas I have this record that I can work on. I can work on something every day and it's meaningful to me. And I'm just so grateful for that. I noted via your website that there are several things that you typically do, and I'm wondering if they have been able to continue in the time of COVID. One of them is Songrise Arts and the other, Grammy U. Songrise Arts, I'm told its mission is to provide low-income and underserved youth with free songwriting classes, mentorship, and professional performance experience. Can you do that in the time of COVID? Is that a cut out of your life? How does that work? Yes, it's been an awesome thing to do through this time. I love it in person, but it's also very cool online. Songrise Arts was founded by one of my favorite singer-songwriter voices, writers ever. Her name is Kelly McRae. She has just led us so gracefully through this transition to an online platform, and she's got great resources to continue serving these kids who are making their musical expression during such a difficult time in their lives, and they already face so many difficulties that it's just really inspiring to see them rise to this occasion and continue to be involved, and Kelly's done an awesome job of making that happen. And I'm sure you've done an awesome job and your part in it. It's wonderful to work in community. That's something that in an individualistic society in the United States, we sometimes keep one foot in, one foot out, and we depend on corporations instead of communities. What are your communities? It sounds like the Songrise Arts people might be communities. Who do you identify as, I'm part of this, I belong with these folks? Who is that for you? Oh, well, I'm very blessed and lucky to have many that come to mind, one of which is songwriters and singer-songwriters and artists in general here in Austin. There is a group of women singer-songwriters who get together every year in January. It's led by Carrie Elkin and Megan Burt, and that community is still very, very vibrant, and we're still in touch with each other, even though we weren't able to get together this year. Hopefully we will next year. So songwriters, musicians, also my church families, I've gotten to play for church services, so many different kinds of churches and wonderful congregations that I've had the pleasure of going back to over the years and sort of becoming part of in my own way. And that has been continued online as well. Actually, I'm probably doing it more frequently now that it's online. <laughs> Isn't that I, interesting how I that works? I can go anywhere. I've played for churches all over. And it doesn't have to be in my backyard anymore. What kind of churches particularly welcome in uh, Aaron Ivy? Is this your uh, fundamentalist Christian church? Is it the Baha'is welcome you in? Is it big Lutheran churches, Catholic high mass? I don't know. <laughs> 
I have not played a Catholic high mass, so I would say all of the rest of them. <laughs> but I, I enjoy finding the thread that we all have in common in our human experience and our seeking for divine things. And so I find that I enjoy being part of a lot of different kinds of traditions. Here in Austin, there's a very strong Episcopal network, and I don't know whether it was on purpose or just happened to be that all of these Episcopal churches around Austin seem to have made it a point to hire local musicians on a regular basis and make us part of their programming. That has been probably the strongest tradition of church that I have worked with here in Austin and the most recurring so what kind of thing would you do as part of Episcopal Mass? Well, I actually worked for a church called St. Julian of Norwich oh, for a couple oh, of years. Oh, shall be well again, I know. Yes, <laughs> yes. Zaira. <laughs> right. That's um, what I was thinking, in fact. So I know much of the 1982 hymnal, and I can play it on my guitar, and I, and I love singing those hymns. I'm a soprano, so I always sing the soprano parts, and usually would work with a pianist in that situation. My favorite is playing while people are getting communion and just creating a contemplative vibe where people can feel comfortable and fed by the music. And then, you know, the offertory is usually something a little more tangential that maybe people wouldn't consider as an offertory song. But then when they when you hear it in a different context, it illuminates the song in a different way. So I enjoy that journey. And also there's a lot of programming here that is spiritually informed performances where you can sort of walk the line between the sacred and profane in music. And I think that's also maybe, maybe this is just Austin has a, a way of doing that all the time anyway, where, you know, seeking of all kinds is acceptable. And so there's sort of a freedom in that where I feel like I can share my spiritual journey, but I can also share my real human parts too. It sounds rich and wonderful. It makes me want to be part of that visiting as well. But right now, I think we should head on to another song by Aaron Ivey. What's next? Let's play All in Time. This is a song from an EP that I released in 2008. So this is from a while ago, but the sentiment is still very relevant, I think. And for me, this song imagines the moment of rapture. I'll leave it at that. All in time. Thank you. 
rich vision of the moment of rapture. All in Time is the song by Erin Ivey. She released that back in 2008 on EP called Sweet Little EP. It starts with, I think that's a cello at the beginning there, coming mm-hmm. in slowly and there's chiming. And did you do this song as community too? Who was with you on this? That was definitely a group effort. And I got to work with a recording engineer named Bradley Calhoun, who I would also consider to be the producer of that project. Eddie Hobazal played the piano parts, which sound like those chimes. And John Pointer played the cello on that. I noticed, I mean, I had seen descriptions of your singing as velvet voiced, and I definitely feel some of that. Actually, one of the songs I really enjoyed, I looked up videos of Aaron Ivey playing, was the blues version of Silent Night that you did. That's a sweet one. People should go out and check out all of these things for Aaron Ivey. I described you as particularly you strike me, you can purr. One of the comments on your website was, I'd kill for a purr like that. <laughs> but <laughs> there's there's a purring that cats do, which just make peace settle into our hearts. Wow. That's part of the purr I think you bring. It's just perfect. That's so cool. Thank you. You know, Aaron, there's many, many threads of conversation and just getting to know you that I'd love to do. I wish I had a couple days just to sit around and talk to you. But one of the items I'd be remiss if I didn't at least ask you about is Grammy U. I saw that on your site, and so I had to go look it up. Tell our listeners about Grammy U. Oh, by the way, folks, that's the letter U, not Y-O-U. <laughs> you like university. It's a play yeah. on the U. And It's part of the Recording Academy's programming for the future music makers of the world. I got involved because I am serving now on the board of the Texas chapter for the Recording Academy, which has been a wonderful experience. Recording Academy sponsors Grammy Museum, of course, the Grammy Awards, but also things like Music Cares, which provides healthcare and financial and other support to musicians who are struggling. And there's also a huge advocacy wing that advocates for music creators and songwriters. So it's a really interesting network to be a part of. It's an interesting, rich and diverse culture to be within this, this like professional music organization. And part of what they do is educational. So like Grammys in the schools, they've done all sorts of things for not only high school, but college aged students. And Grammy U is part of their programming, which is a mentorship program. You get paired with a college student who is interested in some form of the music business, presumably that you have something to do with. And so I've been paired with someone who's very interested in songwriting and also who wants to, she knows she wants to be part of the industry. She's not quite sure what yet, you know, she's really checking out the options, getting to know what the industry looks like. And it's such an interesting industry that we work in. And there are so many different pieces to it that I just, I I love being in touch with her and giving her my perspective as a professional artist and just as a human being, having that connection with someone who is in college and just kind of remembering my own college experience and how I was feeling things out and giving things a try and didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do, but I wasn't really, you know, I was like accruing experiences that were supposedly going to help me decide what I wanted to be when I grew up. 
I'm still trying to figure that out, but it's a great program and it's been really cool just to get to know somebody else on that one-on-one level. We're going to include links to Grammy U and to Songrise Arts on this program on NortonSpiritRadio.org and, of course, to Aaron Ivey. One last thing before we choose your last song for Song of the Soul, and that is you said you were in musical theater all the way growing up. There must be some musical theater song that bursts out of your lips. Could you do it right now? There's got to be a number of songs that are right on the tip of your tongue. I'll know when my love comes along. I'll know. I don't remember the words anymore, but I always remember the melody. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect lyrics for that song. (laughs) I'll know when my brain starts to work. How I care, how I care, how I care. And I'll stop and I'll stare at that face. Something, something, but I'll know when my love comes along. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's in there. It's in there. It's just so deep. <laughs> it just needs to be tickled a little bit. Yeah. I'll be brushing my teeth and I'll think of 17 songs I could have sung for you. <laughs> well, you've got a long and storied list of accomplishments in music, both on stage and off. And I really am blown away that the gift that Lisa Gray passed on to me by introducing me to you, Aaron. Aaron Ivy again is our guest. Website AaronIvy.com. Ivy is I V E Y. There's questions about these spellings. Just come by on NordenSpiritRadio.org. We'll get you to the right place. One last song, Aaron. What is it? This song is called Sorrow No More. It is also from my Broken Gold album from 2011. It is a straight ripoff from the Bible. <laughs> I think it's from like Jeremiah, but there, there's some place in the Bible that, that I was reading and just that sorrow no more just struck me in such a melodic way that it turned into this song. And it's from the perspective of the caregiving God or in general, just like sort of the mothering instinct. So it's uh, I thought it would be nice to end with something a little bit more upbeat. <laughs> too. There's a great band on this one. And with horns in it, too. Yeah. Ephraim Owens opens this one with his trumpet. It's wonderful. And folks, there's much more wonderful music by Aaron Ivey. Follow the link to our website on nordenspiritradio.org. Aaron, again, I'm enraptured just to be here with you here today. So grateful to get to know you and your music. And I thank you so much for joining us today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. Sorrow No More by Aaron Ivey. Come back next week. We'll have more great music for you here on Song of the Soul. Here is Sorrow No More.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.